of being a master in the kingdom is actually one of giving up your life so that others may have life. It's textbook servant leadership. And so if God has given you a position of authority, that is not for you to wield for power's sake. That is for you to submit to the authority of Jesus to serve people in his name. Jesus is the ultimate servant leader. Nobody likes to work for a bullying boss or manager. It's a sure way to turn a job you like into a job you hate. In the world system, power is something to be sought after. You're told not to worry about the people you have to run over to get to the top. Pastor Daniel will show what God's view on the character traits of godly leaders is by the example of these godly men who were incredibly wealthy, but who lived lives of humility. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Genesis chapter 26 as he continues his message, Blessing Jacob. In verse 26, look at what happens. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, one of his friends, and Fickle, the commander of his army, and Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hate me and you have sent me away from you? And they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So he said, let there now be an oath between you and us and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you and since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. Now you are now the blessed of the Lord. Now, you got to love these guys because they banished him. They didn't like him. And now they come and say, we sent you away in peace, brother. Talk about revisionist history. But notice, they see God's hand on their life, and they just don't want to mess with Isaac. And this makes me think of Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And that's exactly what we see here. They say, listen, let's make a covenant. Let's have no issues between us. You are so totally blessed of the Lord. We want to be part of your team, bud. That's what they're asking. And notice in verse 30, so he made them a feast and they ate and drank. Then they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another. And Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. It came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug. And they said, we have found water. So he called it Sheba. And Sheba literally means oaths. And it says, therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day, which literally is the well of the oath or the well of the seven. When Esau was 40 years old, he took wives, Judith, the daughter of Beri the Hittite, and Basimath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they were a grief in the mind to Isaac and Rebekah. Now, I love this because these men come to make peace with Isaac and he makes a feast for them. And would to God 
that when people come to make peace with us who were formerly at enmity, that we would be peacemakers as well. I know sometimes that people hurt us and we don't want to make peace and we don't want to receive people and we don't want to forgive them. But if you've been forgiven by Jesus, God has forgiven us way more than we ever need to forgive another person. And that's why Jesus say, if you do not forgive, then you are not forgiven. Because if we can harbor unforgiveness against somebody, it shows that we really don't grasp what God did for us in Christ. The chasm that our sin created between us and God is way greater than the chasm that someone sins, no matter how horrific they are between them and us. That's the gospel. Now, they send them away. We find they have more water. And then all of a sudden, the scene shifts. In verse 34, and it says, When Esau was 40 years old, he took wives, Judith, the daughter of Barry the Hittite, and Basimeth, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. Now, it's cool. Judith is a cool name. We know lots of cool Judiths, especially Judith Dicklitz, who's our women's ministry person here. But I'm wondering where the Basimaths are. So, again, little girl names. You have a little Basimath, good name. You can call her Bassie the Lassie. I don't know. I just... <laughs> Notice, setting the stage for what's going to happen next, of course. Notice that... Esau, when he's 40, takes two wives, and they were a grief to the mind of Isaac and Rebekah because he's marrying the people of the land. He's becoming unequally yoked. That's what goes on. Now, we move into chapter 27. Look at what happens. Now, it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau his older son and said to him, my son, and he said to him, here I am. Then he said, behold now, I am old. And I do not know the day of my death. Now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go to the field and hunt game for me and make me savory food such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. So Isaac is preparing himself for the end of his life. And so you have to think that a considerable amount of time has elapsed now between chapter 26 and 27. But ultimately, Isaac's eyes are growing dim. He can't see. He doesn't know how many days he has left, but he realizes he doesn't have as many days as he had before. And he calls Esau, his son. He says, son, come here. Listen, I'm old. I want to bless you. Go hunting and make me some of that good food that you make. And if you recall, back in chapter 25, we find out that Jacob was beloved by his mother, Rebecca because he was a mild man, and Esau was loved by his dad because his dad liked the food. And so now we see he's saying, listen, go out, go hunting, make me some grub, and I am going to bless you, Esau. Now, verse 5. Now, Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. Verse 6. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Now let me make a point here. Eavesdropping always gets people in trouble. Remember? We saw it with Sarah when the visitors came. She was listening in to a conversation that wasn't hers. There's nothing worse when you hear part of a conversation, Right? Rebecca here is, she's listening. She's like, I'm hearing what's going on. And she decides she needs to get involved in this. So look at what happens. It says this, 
Verse 6, so Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make me savory food, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food for them for your father such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it and that he may bless you before his death. Verse 11. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go and get them for me. So you see what's going on here. Rebecca wants Jacob to be blessed. Isaac wants to bless the older son. Now, don't forget that both parents know the prophecy that they received, that Jacob was going to be the recipient of the blessing. But what's going on is, in a sense, Isaac is being disobedient by wanting to bless his older son. And Rebecca is being disobedient because she's scheming. And Jacob has a little shred, a little shred of conscience, because she says, listen, Esau's all harried out. And I'm, you know, I don't need to shave at all. And maybe my dad's going to feel my skin and I'm going to get busted. That's all the conscience we have from Jacob. That there's a probably a good chance I'm going to get caught. Notice he says, listen, mom, we shouldn't lie to dad because lying is a sin. He's just worried he's going to get nabbed. This is the chosen people of God. Straight grace. I mean, so Rebecca says, listen. I'll make the food. Just go take some of the goats. We're going to get you the blessing. Now, in verse 14, and he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck, then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Verse 18. So he went to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arrive, sit and eat of my gain, that your soul may bless me. But Jacob said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. You see what's going on here? This is so deceptive. I mean, they're tricking Isaac by tricking Jacob out with fake skins on the smooth part of his neck, putting Esau's clothes on. And it's basically, who are you, my son? He's, Jacob's like, I'm Esau. I mean, I'm, you're firstborn. It's me, it's Esau. And he's like, well, how'd you get it so quickly? And of course, he brings God into the deception. The Lord your God brought it to me. Now, listen, I want to encourage you guys. Don't lie. And when you get caught in a lie, don't try and bring God into it. If you want to bring God into your lie, simply own your garbage and repent. We do this so well, especially if you have a little shred of biblical information in you. You start to spiritualize your sin, right? If we can get God on our side, people will be like, oh, okay. 
So Jacob is just lying through his teeth. He's dressed in Esau's clothes. He's got skin of goats to try and make him look hairy. He's telling his dad he's Esau. And he's like, how did it happen so fast? Oh, well, God brought me this. He's trying to bring full God into his lies. I've always been told this, and I believe this, that God's work must be done in God's way. Don't take the cut corner. God's work must be done in God's way. And sometimes doing things God's way means it has to take longer than if you take the shortcut. See, either way, by prophecy, Jacob was going to be the blessed one, but it doesn't have to happen this way. Could you imagine if Jacob just trusted the Lord and Rebekah, how that would have worked out, how differently this would read, rather than Rebekah scheming and Jacob lying and all this stuff? Could you imagine Isaac goes to bless Esau and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I want you to bless Jacob. Could you imagine if that's what it was? But Jacob and Rebekah are trying to help God out. That's exactly what's happening here. They're trying to help him out. Now, look at verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. But he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed them. And then he said, are you really my son Esau? He said, here I am. And he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said. So Isaac's not sure. He sounds like Jacob. He smells like Esau. He's hairy like Esau. Are you really my son? Because he can't see, but he smells him. He's like, man, this must be Esau. So he blessed him. And look what it says in verse 27. It says this. It says, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field. (laughs) How are you guys not laughing at that? Think about what he just said. My son stinks like the field. That's That's this poetry right here. No? Is it late? Everyone's tired? Can you imagine that? You guys want to go bless your wives? My wife smells like the cleaning supplies. That's not a blessing. But no, I digress. Sorry. Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Wow. Notice this. God blesses the field. He prays a blessing of earthly abundance. That's what the dew of heaven is all about. The fatness of the earth, plenty of grain and wine. This all speaks of earthly abundance. Now, not only that, in verse 29, you get into the spiritual blessings. Let the people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. Now, 
the blessing of being masters, we know that Jesus' lordship was a servant leadership, a servant lordship. So when we hear this thing about be the master, we always think, yes, power, control. No. Jesus, as the king of kings and lord of lords, died to serve humanity. God's blessing of being a master in the kingdom is actually one of giving up your life so that others may have life. It's textbook servant leadership. And so if God has given you a position of authority, that is not for you to wield for power's sake. That is for you to submit to the authority of Jesus to serve people in his name. Jesus is the ultimate servant leader. And we are called to the same thing. Now, after this blessing in verse 30, it says, now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of my son's game that your soul may bless me. And his father, Isaac, said to him, who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I have blessed him and indeed he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me also, O my father. And he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Now it all comes out. Notice Esau forgets that he wanted to give away his birthright. He says, oh, he supplanted me these two times. He's a deceiver. He took my birthright. No, well, Esau actually gave it to him. But it's true, he was deceived of the blessing. Now, In verse 37, then Isaac answered and said to Esau, indeed, I have made him your master and all his brethren I have given to him as servants with grain and wine. I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother and it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Notice Isaac's blessing upon Esau is seriously different. Sure, he's going to dwell among the blessings of the earth. But notice, by your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. So we have this idea that this is going to be a man of violence. He's going to serve his brother, but he will break the yoke off of his neck. So we have the descendants of Esau serving. Now it's interesting, when you become restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. This actually is literally fulfilled in 2 Kings chapter 8, verses 20 to 22, because we know the descendants of Esau were also known as the Edomites. And so you can read about that in 2 Kings chapter 8. 
Now, in verse 41, so Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said to his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heath. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heath, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? So what happens now, and this sets us up for going forward, is that Esau wants to kill Jacob. He's angry. He's like, look, when my father dies, when we're done mourning, I'm going to kill Jacob. I'm tired of this. Rebecca knows about it. She tells Jacob, listen, your brother comforts himself by intending to kill you. So I want you to flee to Haran to my brother Laban and stay there until your brother cools off. And that sets the stage realistically for what's going to go on in Genesis chapter 28 and 29 and following. I want to close with the simple reality that what a man sows, that he will also reap. See, Jacob is deceiving, and you're going to find in the coming chapters that Jacob's also going to be deceived by Laban. Laban's going to lie to Jacob and keep him in servitude for 14 years. And the reality is this. Grace means we get what we don't deserve. But at the same time, we have to remember that whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow good things, then you're going to reap good things. If you sow lies, then when lies come back around again, you shouldn't be surprised. Now, you know, people call it karma. That's the new agey word for it. But the reality is, is Jesus said we should do unto others as we'd have them do unto us, right? That's the golden rule. And it's important to realize that, that Jacob is sowing deceitfulness, and he's going to get that in return. So it's so important for us. We need to do God's work in God's way. Amen? We need to live our lives as we know God would have us live. And we'll trust God with the results. We don't have to orchestrate the results. God doesn't really need our help in that way. Jesus is real. It's hard to listen to these passages that Pastor Daniel shared and not think about how messed up this family is. Parents working against each other, their two children being lifelong rivals instead of working together. And through it all, God is working His will. That's hard for us to understand, but it should give us hope that God can take our lives and despite the mistakes we make, can make us a blessing to the people around us. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy. 
And the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel begins his teaching, Jacob's Journey. You're going to hear about the aftermath of Jacob's tricking Esau out of their father's blessing, which ends up with Jacob running for his life from Esau. Pastor Daniel is going to illustrate how God used this dysfunctional family to accomplish his will in the earth, just like he can with our less than perfect families. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Patriarchs. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.